14. Here's the pitch by Downing. Swinging. There's a drive into left center field. That ball is going to be out of here. It's gone. It's 7-15. There's a new home run champion of all time. And it's Henry Aaron. From the Tanglewood Studios on the Skynet Global Network, this is Go6 Sports Radio. Welcome to the Go6 Sports Radio podcast. My name is Scott Wasleger. I'm coming to you from East Hampton, Connecticut, and Owen Wasleger, O-Town, joining us from Stam Vegas, Stamford, Connecticut. A lot of sports going on, a lot of things going on, a lot to talk about today. Uh, We'll talk about some Major League Baseball, college hoops, the NBA, and of course, uh, the NFL, a little preview of the Super Bowl talk about that a little bit so um how how you been doing oh i've been doing good school started up on monday so i've been um doing some work for that ordered my books had a nice trip to pennsylvania and uh now we're back hanging out and i make my refereeing debut tomorrow nice so you're gonna referee you're gonna officiate something like 14 games 14 like aau games in in uh three days two and a half days yep they're uh it's anywhere from fourth and fifth grade AAU to sixth, seventh, and eighth grade boys, girls AAU. It's um, going to be 16 minute halves, running clock. So the game will be about, you know, 40, 45 minutes with a couple breaks in between. There's going to be a mask break at the eight minute mark of every half. So looking forward to it. It's going to be a great weekend to start my refereeing career. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, So getting into, uh, let's talk a little bit Major League Baseball. The Mets um, are in the news yet again, and it's not great, and that's because they're kind of peripherally uh, associated with the Mickey Calloway accusations. Mickey Calloway was the former manager of the Mets a few years ago, fired uh, prior to that. He was a pitching coach with Terry Francona with the Cleveland Indians, and currently he's the pitching coach for Joe Madden with the Angels, and he was accused of uh, inappropriate behavior towards uh, female reporters, I think. And uh, who knows how much of it's true, but you know, unfortunately, because the Mets had to fire their GM that lasted about a month, Jared Porter, and they were the Mets came in question on their hiring process. Now this comes back to the Mets again because people out there are saying, well, you know, what went on? You know, was Callaway? Did he have anything in his past? And how come you didn't know that? And and that kind of thing. So Sandy Alderson, the president of the Mets, is uh, under a little bit of fire, and uh, that's unfortunate. And so the Mets are, you know, we're in the news for a lot of positive things when they got their new owner, Steve Cohn, and uh, they signed Lindor. And then Cohn, Steve Cohn was involved last week in the, you know, the GameStop Robin Hood debacle on Wall Street. And he pulled out of Twitter. So not a lot of great stuff going on right now for the Mets. And the season really can't come soon enough for them where they could play some baseball and some of this stuff will be behind them. Yeah, just going back to the Mickey Callaway thing, like you said, he was with him in 2017. The Mets, you know, they hadn't known about this. So, you know, of course, if they didn't know, they would have 
done something quickly, but of course this gets thrown back on the Mets because it did happen while he was with the organization. But, um, you know, the Mets have a new general manager, uh, general manager. Now Zach Scott got elevated to being active general manager. He was with the Mets. He spent 17 seasons with the Boston Red Sox as their senior vice president and assistant general manager, uh, Sandy Alderson, uh, this is quoting him. Zach has plenty of championship experience to draw upon. You know, he was within the Mets organization. He's now their um, general manager, and he's already made some moves. You know, the Mets acquired Aaron Loop from the Rays this past week, left-handed pitcher, pitched in the playoffs, pitched in 24 games for the Rays, and had a 2.52 ERA. So that's a lefty reliever that they needed. You know, they didn't get Brad Hand, but Aaron Loop is right there, um, second running to Brad Hand, and I really like that signing. It's going to be a one-year deal. Yeah, that's uh, that's good for the Mets. And now the question is this. Trevor Bauer's out there still. There's different reports of what kind of deal he's looking for. But, you know, my question is, do the Mets want to sign a guy like that who's so um, prevalent on social media? says a lot of controversial things on social media. As far as we know, he's he's kept himself out of trouble. I mean, he hasn't been in any trouble. And as far as we know, hopefully he doesn't have anything like Jared Porter or Mickey Calloway in his past. But now does Alderson, does Steve Cohn, does the Mets organization become a little gun shy and not maybe want to sign him? What would you do? Yeah, I mean, well... Bauer, they just got rid of Steven Matz. You know, Steven Matz was a Long Island guy, really exciting, came up with the Harvey, you know, DeGrom group, really didn't pan out. They got rid of his contract. He's now in with the Blue Jays. They had, they had, that was $5 million now they have to work with. You know, you could sign a guy like Bauer. You can get someone like JBJ. But I think Bauer is someone that's going to put you over the top. Even, you know, what comes along with his with, with the package with him. I know they talked about it on MLB Network. You're not just getting a baseball player. Like you said, you're getting, you know, social media, business, so, you know, a whole lot more than a baseball player. But he will be a guy that can, you know, make the Mets a really big World Series contender. You know, their pitching rotation will be the best in the league with Trevor Bauer. I just don't know. I think if I would get him, I'd get him on a one-year deal. He's going to play somewhere, so he's going to accept some offer. So, you know. If the Mets want him for $35 million and the Diamondbacks want him for 40 he'll probably go play in New York because they're more exciting. But we'll see. I really, I think he's good for a one-year deal. Just you can experiment with, he, with what he has to bring along. Um, and I think his agent, Rachel Luba, might, you know, a lot of people might want her. You know, she's a female. It's her second year. Being an agent with Major League Baseball players, she might be enticing to Major League managers. You know, maybe they want a girl agent in the in the business. So, I'd take him on a one-year deal. That's what I would do. Yeah. I, I wonder if teams are actually, you know, there's a lot of teams out there who who don't think he's actually that great. And I think he's going to struggle maybe getting what he wants. But you're right. Somebody's going to sign him. I don't know if it's going to be a one-year, three-year, four-year, whatever. I don't think he's seeking anything bigger than that. But um, we'll see what happens with Trevor Bauer. But what would be nice for the Mets is if they could sign him. And then shortly after, you know, we go to spring training and we start talking about baseball and, and not all this, these other things. Um, 
the the rest of Major League Baseball, um, what's going on there is the players are getting a little bit annoyed because we don't know what time when the season's actually going to start. Um, hopefully, it's a little bit later. But um, Scottsdale, Arizona, does not want Major League players there for spring training. They want it delayed because there's a lot of cases there of COVID, and they 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 and they you know let's face it, they want to have fans. You know, Arizona and Florida. The big thing that makes these spring training venues go is are the fans. The fans come, they stay in hotels, they uh, patronize business in the area, and it's really great for the economy. And without fans, you know, the spring training sites are are not going to be, you know, as as fr- it's not going to be as fruitful for them. So we'll see what happens with that, but. Um, other than that, coming down the stretch here, there's not a lot of big free agents out there left other than Bauer. So not a lot to talk about with regard to Major League Baseball other than when we're going to start. Um, now, getting on, moving on to college basketball, which is heating up. We talked about it last week and how March Madness is, you know, definitely going to proceed and it's going to be largely in and around the Indianapolis area. And we'll go over that. Uh, what we did last week was we broke down every venue and where the sites were going to be and what rounds and all that stuff. And we'll do that as we get closer to March 13th, which is selection Sunday, but, um, college hoops heating up a little bit now, especially that football's almost over. So people, sports fans are focusing now a lot on basketball. Yeah. I'm watching, I watched a couple games last night. You know, basketball is heating up. College basketball. A lot of teams are back. You know, through the COVID protocols, and they're back and playing, and they're you know deep into conference play. I would say just about a month left until March Madness. Big games this weekend. I would say you know, looking at the top ten, pretty much the same as last week. Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova, Michigan, Hoffs, uh, Houston, Texas, Ohio State, Iowa, Oklahoma, and Alabama. But we're going to take a little different approach this week and look at some teams 10 through 25 that I would like to uh, watch this weekend or games for anyone to watch. So number 10, Alabama, number one in the SEC, they're playing number 18, Missouri. That's going to be on at noon ESPN on Saturday. Number 23, Kansas, and number 17, West Virginia, 2 p.m. on CBS, also on Saturday. And then just the last one I thought was pretty eye-catching was number 19, Wisconsin, at number 12, Illinois, 2.30 on the Big Ten Network. I don't know if a lot of people get that, but I was watching Illinois and Indiana last night. That one came down to the wire. A lot of young talent on both teams. Talking about uh, Alabama and Missouri here. Alabama is 14-4. and four. They are first in the SEC at 9-0. and oh. They're averaging about 80 points a game, which is pretty high, wouldn't you say, for college basketball? Yeah. Yeah, very high. Very high. Um, and that that kind of firepower is what's needed, especially guard play. When as you get down the stretch here and into postseason, got to be able to score, got to be able to defend as well. But I think in college, for sure, your guards have to be productive. Your team has to score and find ways to score. Whereas, like in the NBA, when the playoffs come, the teams that get better and better defensively, and we'll talk about the NBA in a few minutes, but. The, teams that get better and better defensively are the ones that succeed. Whereas college, I think you need the offense. Yeah. Offense. Like you said, you need a really good backcourt Alabama 
shooting 44% from the field. And the biggest thing is four out of their five starters are averaging 10-plus points per game. And I also think you need depth in college basketball. You need a couple guys off the bench that can score. Alabama is also led by their guard, Jaden Shackleford, 13.6 point per game. Now we'll look at the Missouri side. They're 11-3, and fifth in the SEC at 4-3, and but they are 6-1 and at home, and they will host Alabama this weekend. They're led by guard Xavier Pinson, 15 points per game, and forward Jeremiah Tillman, who's averaging 13-8. and They also run 10-man deep, so um, that's a big thing, as I mentioned. You need depth in college basketball. One bad thing about Missouri, it's not too good about their team. They shoot 70% from the free throw line. You do not like to see that, right? No, definitely not. But one, you know the good the good thing that you mentioned is when you have a lot of depth, guys go in there, guys don't want to come out when they're in. And they know because players know that if there is a lot of depth on their team, they're going to come out if they are not giving good effort on defense, if they're not productive on offense, if they're turning the ball over. So what happens when you have a deep team is guys go in there and they go full 100% effort, 100% focus while they're in there. And that can pose a problem for other teams because guys are fresher for maybe five minute span, six minute span. So that's, that's actually a, quietly a big game this weekend. Yeah, I know John Rothstein is really, really high on Alabama, so we'll see what they can do this weekend. Moving on, Saturday at 2.30, as I mentioned, the Big Ten, Wisconsin at Illinois, 19 versus 12. Wisconsin is 14-5, and five. Illinois 12-5. and five. Wisconsin fourth in the Big Ten, Illinois second in the Big Ten. A big one here in the Big Ten standings. Wisconsin, once again, they have three out of their five starters averaging 10 points a game shooting 44% from the field. They're pretty good offensively. They struggle on the defensive side a little bit. Illinois is averaging 82 points per game, where their opponents are averaging 69.4, so good margin there. They're shooting 50% from the field, and they're led by their guard, Ayo Dunsumu, who's averaging 21 points per game, and their center, Kofi Coburn, who was averaging 17 points per game. So I like Illinois in this one. Big Ten's always good basketball to watch. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Teams are, you know, especially the top teams are usually pretty solid. It seems like for whatever reason, if you ask me what what conference is the most solid fundamentally, I would guess the Big Ten based on what I've seen. And let's not forget this weekend coming up too, we have Duke and North Carolina uh, part one this year. Uh, always a rivalry. However, I got to feel that much of the juice, probably 80% of the juice is not there because the fans and the schools make that rivalry 100%. And although that, and, and I'll, and I'll tune into that game for sure, but, um, Duke, North Carolina this weekend, and it should, you know, tell you a little bit about what's going on in the ACC. And again, before you know it coming down the stretch here, I mean, we're in February now. Oh, and, March 13th, I think I said was Selection Sunday. That's coming. That's coming pretty quickly. And uh, people's interest will definitely, um, if it hasn't already, will definitely move towards college basketball once football's over here because they'll be looking for something to watch. We're going to step aside. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the NBA, the NFL. Nothing much going on this weekend in the NFL, right, Al? Oh, no, nothing much. You know, maybe get some appetizers ready, but that's about it. And uh, and uh, and then we'll talk about, as we do at the end, we'll talk about America's favorite and most lovable virtual baseball team, the Saco Bay Sharks. We'll be back in a minute. 
We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Okay, we're back. Go Six Sports Radio on the Go Six Programming Network, GSPN. Follow us at, on Twitter um, and Go Six Sports Radio. And follow us on any podcast platform. Talking about the NBA a few nights ago, I watched the Clippers and the Nets, and that had to be probably the most entertaining NBA game I've seen in a long time, other than maybe finals games. But there was tons of star power in that game. And I got to say, I got to say, Owen, the, the nets are playing well. They're gelling. It's amazing how well they're gelling so quickly. I mean, their weakness, as we've said all along is the defense. And I think they're consciously trying to work on that, whether or not they can get to a place where they feel they're good defensively, who knows, but, um, but they're actually playing pretty well together. Yeah, I, th- I really think they're buying in. You know, guys on the bench, you know, Joe Harris, who was a, a good player before Harden got there, he's still part of the starting rotation. But, you know, the big three are gelling together. You know, they're having chemistry, and they're just trusting the process here. They know it's going to come together. They lost their first two games, but, you know, they're sharing the ball. You know, they're putting up 20, 25, 30 each a game. And, you know, it's coming along in a big win with a playoff feel last night. Well, and if you just listen to the, uh, if you just, you know, listen to the news or follow Twitter or whatever, and you don't hear him speak, Kyrie Irving, you could have a negative connotation about him. You could have a negative feeling about him, but I've watched several press conferences with him now after games, both wins and losses. And I tell you, he's, he's, he's really, he's pretty likable. I mean, he speaks pretty um, eloquently, pretty intelligently. He gives credit to his teammates. He is, you know, pretty measured in what he says, but he appears to be all about team and his facial expressions seem sincere. And he, and I heard Harden say last night or when, a few nights ago when they played, uh, the Clippers that, you know, Harden said, I don't care about the stats. I just want to find ways to win, help win games. And, you know, with Harden and and Kyrie playing like that, you know, it really opens up things for Durant. And I mean, I don't think they're well coached. I don't, I don't think Steve Nash is a good coach um, at this point. Maybe he will become one at, at some time. But, um, but you know, they they beat the Clippers. Clippers had the best record in the NBA, and they beat them. Uh, you know, with their star power. You know, Paul George, PG thirteen, Kawhi Leonard. Um, you know, the Clippers are good team and, you know, the X factor for the Nets, I think are guys like Deandre Jordan and Joe Harris. 
Uh, Joe Harris, I, it'll be hard for them to win a championship with him on the floor because he doesn't play good defense and he turns the ball over. If he has an open three, he'll usually hit it. But DeAndre Jordan is a monster and he's going to be an X factor with them. And I'm, you know, based on what I saw the other night, I am not surprised at all if they, if they're in the finals for sure. And yeah. if they're in the finals, I don't think they're going to be any kind of an underdog, whether it's against the Clippers, against the Jazz, against the Lakers, whoever it is. Um, but the NBA, if you're not watching the NBA, there are a lot of stars in the league and there are teams that are actually fun to watch because of those stars. And that game the other night was just, you know, I was, I was glued to it for four quarters because of the star power and because the guys were really getting after it real. The nets were starting to play a little bit. The reason they won that game is they played pretty good defense at the end. Yeah, and James Harden had 14 assists, which it's surprising to see from him. You know, he usually shoots the ball a lot, wants the ball, but now he knows his role with the Brooklyn Nets, and he's going to be a distributor. He had a lot of great assists last night, like I said, 14. Another exciting thing from the NBA a couple nights ago was Fred Van Fleet, the undrafted free agent, scored 54 points for the Toronto Raptors out of Wichita State. So that happened a few nights ago. And he's the first undrafted free agent to do that. 54 points on 11 threes from Wichita State. Yeah, dude was dude was on fire in that game. They were showing clips of it uh, during points in the game that I was watching. And, uh, you know, he he's a good player. You know, he was part of the Raptors championship team. And, and uh, it's kind of cool to see guys have nights like that in the league. But, you know, really the league does a great job of marketing itself. Yes, some of the games are a little bit boring and, and teams aren't playing super hard till the end. Uh, but that game the other night, when you catch a game like that one, that was a good one. The uniforms, the arenas in the NBA, the marketing's incredible. Um, so, you know, uh, and, and the teams really to, to take a look at are the Nets, the, 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 the Jazz, uh, the Knicks are up and coming, the Lakers, the Clippers, of course. Uh, the Celtics, the Celtics really have their own big three that aren't getting the credit really they deserve. And I'm not a Celtics or a Boston guy by any means, but um, between Tatum and um, Jalen Brown, uh, you know, th- they're they're good as well. So the NBA has a lot of good teams to watch and uh, it should be nothing but, you know, it should do nothing but get better as the season goes along here. Yeah, big game this Saturday. Tomorrow, it's on 8 p.m. Nets at 76ers. 76ers beat the Lakers last week in a tight one. Tobias Harris had a game-winning shot, so the Nets are traveling to Philadelphia. That could be an Easter Conference final matchup. Yeah, it could for sure. The Sixers is a team that I forgot to mention, but you're right. I mean, they, uh, they, they, you know, they have a little bit better coaching now with Rivers. They... Um, need to get over that hump and you know i could see them pushing the nets you know pretty far you know and you you're hoping for all these teams sake that everybody stays healthy and everybody's at at their at their best when they're playing each other especially down the stretch turning now to the nfl super bowl sunday only days away and um of course we have the chiefs and the buccaneers and the game is being played for the first time. A team that's in it will play at home. The Buccaneers are playing um, in their home stadium. And 
Raymond James Stadium, I believe it is. And they have, you probably know this, Ohm, but they have a big ship there. Uh, like a Yeah, I've seen some pictures of it. Fire off cannons when the Buccaneers score all the time. And um, they have been told that they're not they're only going to be able to do that in a limited capacity because it's not technically a Buccaneers home game. So found that interesting. Um, that game is Sunday at 630 on CBS. And um, it, sh- it I mean, it should be a good matchup in week 12. The Chiefs won 27-24. They held on. I mean, they 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 started the game really fast. They got out to a big lead, and Brady did what Brady does and and brought the Bucks back. And it was ended up being a close game, 27-24. But um, it'll be, I think, a good matchup because both teams are hot. Buccaneers have pretty good defense. I I always say with Kansas City, it's going to be their defense. Can they? get a pass rush on Brady? Can they cover guys? Um, If they can do that, and that's what, when you watch Kansas City over the years, that's what got them over the hump is their defense. They were always pretty good offensively, even before Mahomes, but their defense was always suspect. And then the last couple of years, their defense has been better. Um, They have spells during the games, especially in beginning of games where you're wondering if they can stop anybody. But I think if they get a pass rush on Brady and they can cover, um, they should be the favorite, and they are. It, they're given three in this game, and uh, it'll be interesting. Kansas City could be the first repeat champ since, guess who, the Patriots in 03 and 04. So um, a lot to a lot to look for. Of course, everybody's talking about this week, Brady, the greatest of all time, versus Mahomes, who's the greatest quarterback right now. So we'll see what happens. But the weather is supposed to be um, – potentially suspect and if it is who do you think that favors I, I don't know what do you think uh I'm not really sure uh, maybe maybe Brady just because he, he's played in New England you know all types of weather but Mahomes has played he beat the Patriots in New England uh before so he's he's faced some snow out there in Kansas City Tampa is probably gonna rain so I'm not sure it might be it might be on the colder side I think both these guys will be fine in any weather condition yeah, I think that the, the you'll hear if there is rain and if there is wind, you'll hear, you know, the announcers will be making a big deal out of it before the game. The Bucks are familiar with the surface probably a little bit more than the Chiefs are. The Chiefs, when they played earlier this year, I'm pretty sure that game was in Kansas City. So um, the Chiefs will be less familiar with the surface, but I'm sure both teams will be prepared with plenty of changes of cleats and and those kinds of things if we have it hopefully we don't hopefully it's just something um that they're talking about now and in the next day or two forecast will change but um the rain's one thing the wind's another that's a you know that's a problem sometimes and and the wind if it's windy the wind's gonna favor kansas city and here's why because mahomes can run and he can run at times if if he's not if the ball's not going where he wants to, where Brady Brady can't do anything but throw. So that'll be um, and I and Kansas City is a better running game. So I think the weather after we're talking this out a little bit, especially if it's windy, I think it's going to favor the Chiefs. But um, you know, three point under uh, underdog the Buccaneers that that number could edge up a half a point in the next couple days uh, based on all the stats and everything rolling out and knowing who's playing and who's not. 
based on injuries or COVID testing or whatever. But uh, so when the game, when the, you know, obviously everybody loves to watch the advertisements, you know, in the games, right? Oh, yep. They do. A lot of people that are not really into sports, they go to Super Bowl parties for the commercials. Yeah, it's true. So there's, there's a few to look out for here. There's a Doritos commercial with Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey's an actor, but he does some of the Buick commercials too. So he's all over TV. You'll recognize him if you see him. That's going to be uh, a Doritos one. There's going to be an M&M's one, which uh, I've seen already, and it's pretty funny. Uh, there's going to be a Will Ferrell one um, with uh, – he he does a um, an ad for GM with regard to their new electric cars. And then there's the 75-year-old Dolly Parton who does a little spoof on her old movie, 9 to 5. Um, so the advertisements be, will be fun to watch couple of players here's 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 a couple players that i think in in so many super bowls it's not brady it's not mahomes it's not tyreek hill it's not gronkowski it's always that player like the edelman or you know someone like that who's going to play a major role and who do you, you have anybody like, give me a tidbit, give me a name. Oh, who you think might play a role in this thing. I like Cameron Bray, the tight end for the Buccaneers. I think he caught a touchdown last week or the week before, but he's really their tight end one. You know, Gronk has been, his role has been pushed to a big blocking tight end. He'll catch a couple passes here or there. He had one catch last week, but Cameron Bray is really their tight end. They look for in the red zone. So I like him the, the week they played the, Chiefs. He had four catches for 34 yards, six targets. So I'm going with Cameron Brait in this one. Yeah. I was thinking about him as well. I mean, he's become a pretty good target for Brady. Wasn't a big, big target in that last, uh, in the NFC championship game, but I think he's a guy who America doesn't know about as much. Maybe football fans, hardcore football fans know about him and we know about him, but, uh, I think, you know, some people, casual watchers, like you said, those who go to watch for the ads will, will look and say, who is this guy? Because I, I wouldn't be surprised to see if him have six, seven catches, a touchdown or two, and uh, be an MVP candidate. And like you said, Gronk's mostly blocking, and Gronk will have that one or two, you know, the, he'll have those one or two targets that could potentially be big in the game, um, like they were in the NFC Championship game. And, you know, for the Chiefs, um, you know, pick anybody. I mean, there's, you know, Hardman, any of those guys, any of those receivers could have a big day. Um, Sammy Watkins is going to run wild on Sunday. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Yeah. Homegrown LSU boy born and raised there. He's had a really good rookie season. You know, everyone expects the chiefs to throw, throw, throw Tyreek Hill had 270 yards against the Buccaneers when they played in three touchdowns. They're going to look to lock down Kelsey Hill. I think Edwards Alea runs wild. Yeah, I, I could see that for sure. I could see that for sure. And, uh, I, I think the chiefs will win. Uh, I'm rooting for the chiefs and, um, we'll, we'll know by, you know, 10 o'clock. Sunday night, we'll know who the Super Bowl champion is. And uh, maybe 
we can finally get away from the Patriots a little bit and we don't have to hear about the Patriots anymore once Brady's out of the picture. But he's like the he's like the bug you try to step on and, and get rid of him and you can't he just keeps coming and it's amazing. Um, he doesn't show any signs of retiring anytime soon. And, and everybody else is talking about him this week. Um, you know, so we won't talk about him too much, but it, but it is amazing what he's doing. Yeah, I totally agree. I was listening to the fan yesterday and they were talking about Brady and uh, Favre, Favre was talking to one of the hosts that was on the, on the fan. And they said, you know, do you think Brady can play till he's 50 out of the blue? He goes, well, when I played, I had a lot of, I took a lot of hits. You know, the body had a lot of troubles. You know, I had some injuries. Where Brady, if he got sacked in New England, his O-lineman would be fired. So I think the thing that's keeping him up is he's, his, he has a really good O-line. You know, he's not the most athletic guy. He stays in the pocket, makes passes. He's not going to run. So him staying healthy, he can sling it forever. Brett Favre said his arm is still healthy. You know, he's pretty old now. So if Brady just can stay healthy, got to keep that offensive line there for him. I think he'll be all right. Go Six Sports Radio coming at you the week of the Super Bowl. Uh, we're going to step aside for a minute. When we come back, we'll talk about virtual baseball team, Saco Bay Sharks, America's favorite and most lovable team, played on the PS4. And we'll be back right after this. If you think or know you had COVID 19, you can be around others after 10 days since symptoms first appeared and after 24 hours with no fever without fever-reducing medication and after other symptoms have improved. If you have tested positive for COVID-19 and you had no symptoms, you can be around others 10 days after you got tested for COVID-19. To learn more, visit cdc.gov coronavirus. back go six sports radio find us wherever you find podcasts follow us on twitter at go six sports radio tweet at us uh be interactive become part of the show uh we'd love to have uh that kind of interaction and we'll we'll even incorporate some of those things in the show when we get comments or takes or whatever so i continue to be pretty hot owen in um mlb the show played on playstation 4 I play in the part of it called Diamond Dynasty. Started off, you know, way back in May and a and lot of losing, a lot of losses, um, but 
coming. Probably three weeks ago, I told the audience I was 30 games below 500. Now I'm 19 games below 500. And, you know, in my last 50, 60 games, I'm playing over 500 baseball. Uh, the other day, uh, last week, I won two one nothing games. Wasn't hitting very much, but pitching switched up my lineup a little bit. I like to keep a fast guy, a guy with speed, in front of Mookie Betts. And it was Lou Brock and uh, Honus Wagner now hits ahead of him. Actually, Honus and Lou Brock hit ahead of Mookie Betts. And the reason for that is in MLB The Show, Mookie Betts has an attribute where he feasts on first pitches. So if you get a good first pitch fastball, and, and you will if you have guys on base, and with the potential of stealing, you're going to get fastballs early in the count. You know, he crushes balls. And he that's actually worked pretty well for me. But I won the two one nothing games, switched up my lineup, got a little more offense. But then I lost 7-6 in a really tough one. And I lost 8-4. And then bounced back um, and had a one nothing game and a, a 4 nothing game recently. I had a no-hitter with Hugh Darvish. I had I was no hitting the guy was playing with one out in the ninth and he brought up George Brett as a pinch hitter and wow the contact guy the contact guy but you know the it was a curveball it was out of the zone somehow the guy was looking for it and actually hit a double and at that point you know that game was was two nothing at that point and you know, at that point, I'm not worried about the no hitter. I'm just trying to, there was one out in the inning and I'm just trying to, you know, preserve the win, which I ended up getting. But, um, so, you know, won a couple of games in a row again and, um, you know, playing pretty well. 19 games under 500. That's the, that's the best you've been, you know? Yeah. And if you erase like a one for 12 start, um, you know, a one in 12 start, uh, um, a bunch of 72 overalls, you're right back in at a 500. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, playing pretty well. Uh, the, the, you know, my starting rotation has changed a little bit, but what I'm rolling with now is Darvish, um, Shane Bieber, Corey Kluber and, um, Trevor Bauer. And then I have Walter Johnson, who's Walter Johnson's a tough one because he throws one Oh two. But if you can't locate his his off-speed stuff, you're in trouble because you don't have a lot to go with with him. He doesn't have a big pitch repertoire. and uh, But occasionally you'll face a guy who just can't catch up with, with good fastballs. And last night I faced a guy who just couldn't catch up with good fastballs, and Bieber was throwing for me. And, you know, I just kept going to fastballs all over the zone, you know, when I needed a big pitch, and the guy, guy just couldn't catch up. Yeah, um, that's a pretty good rotation there. I like what you have going there, you know, getting ready for MLB, the show 21 or 22 coming up in April. Yeah. Excited for that with Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, is I it, saw Tatis on the cover. That's cool. I guess the most exciting thing about it is, uh, for people who don't know, it, you can only play it on PlayStation up until now. This next one coming out in April, actually on your birthday, is... Uh, going to be cross-platform. So if you have Xbox, you can play it. And if you have PS4 or 5, you can play it. I'm not sure if you can play each other 
Um, so you have Xbox, I have PS4. I'm not sure if we can play each other, but it is the first time it's being offered on Xbox. So that's going to be really cool. Again, as I've mentioned before, anybody listening for the first time, it's a really cool game. It mirrors real baseball. If you know anything about real baseball and strategies, you can be pretty successful at it. Um, you know, pitching, you have to make good pitches. If you don't make good pitches, you get hurt hitting, you swing at bad pitches and you get yourself in negative counts, you're not going to do very well. Um, you know, and so, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun to play. It's very challenging. The more wins you get, the better you get, the better competition you play. So sometimes, you know, you're playing guys who are really, really good. Um, but a lot of fun and, uh, and hopefully continue to play it and do well with it. Once again, Fernando Tatis Jr., named the MLB The Show 21 cover athlete, release date on my birthday, April 20th, 2021. Any uh, strategies you have going into this MLB The Show? Are you going to wait off to play online a little bit? What would you say your uh, preempt strategies are for MLB The Show 21 Diamond Dynasty? Yeah, I think I'll be I'll be pretty conservative. I'll try to, you know, knowing some of the players and their swings now, I'll know to who, who to go after and who to get. I'll know how to pitch a little bit better. Um, for me, the guys, I love guys who have good cutters and guys who have, uh, you know, four or five pitch repertoire. So, you know, I'll know what kind of guys to go after and I will be very conservative as far as jumping online right away, you know, because I want to, I want to definitely be over 500 next year and, um, you know, don't want to get in a hole at one and 12, like I did this year. And that'll be my strategy for sure. But knowing, you know, knowing some of the guys and knowing how they play and sometimes a, a player from one year to the next, his version is not necessarily the same, but so you got to kind of keep an eye out, you know, like a guy like Lou Brock has probably been my MVP and who knows what, it, you know, his card will be available. I'm sure in the new one, but we'll see how that, uh, how he plays, you know, but, uh, for sure, definitely looking yeah. forward to that. Very exciting game dropping April twentieth. Yep. So you got the you got the officiating coming up this weekend. We got for you. We got the Super Bowl. We have a lot of NBA, a lot of college basketball, and uh, more MLB the show for me. Um, but that's going to do it for us. We'll be back next week. Go Six Sports Radio, O Town, and Scott coming at you, and we will see you and talk to you next week.